1: Who we thought they were. and we let about to the well, I get out of hand. Just just tell me I'm a jerk and
3: shut up.
2: Still scatter the West, right tight. That's left. 372 Y stick
3: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
1: Well, I'm going to go to college. I'll just play football.
2: It's Friday. And most importantly it's payday (laughs) isn't it
0: payday you got a little something for me (laughs) no
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh welcome in here we go off and running i swear to you i think it's payday isn't it it is here it is around
0: here so eagle is
2: flying low think about what does that mean the eagle is Somebody <laughs> said it one time around payday.
0: I guess the government checks have eagles on them.
2: Oh, I see. So the eagle flies down, swoops down in there. You reach up and pull your check? That's right. Okay. Mm hmm. <laughs> the eagle is flying low. Yeah, it's payday as far as I know it is. It's one of those deals where, you know, like Friday is great, but when it's that, second or fourth friday <laughs> it's a whole different deal and next week is
0: one of those the holiday falling in the middle of the week it's kind of interesting you know it's gonna be like on thursday right so uh, i would imagine the morning show will be iffy for the whole week uh-huh next week <laughs> people it? are gonna be taken off <laughs> what do you, you know? well but so See, what if not everybody gets like officially the radio station? We're back on the fifth, right? So
2: one day for a holiday, just in the middle of the week, it's kind of. So wait a minute, Roger. Hey, and by the way, I'm dropping a, a phone number in there on the call screen for you. Okay, sure. Uh, it's for Rick Cleveland. We're gonna get Rick on. Not right now. In a in a few minutes, we're gonna call him up. Maybe in you know three four minutes from right now, Rick Cleveland. But wait, so Roger, I didn't even think about it. Next week is the week of July 4th, and so I guess that means on the 4th, which is Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday.
0: I think it's Thursday.
2: So we're not going to do shows on that day. We're just going to take off.
0: Well, I mean, we could do a show if you want. No. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know, you, you know insist, <clears throat> but I'm not insist. But I'm not taking the whole week off. Oh, well, you know, some people do. It's just so hard doing that one-hour radio a day. It's, it's difficult, isn't it?
2: No, I'm. We'll be on, but we'll take the fourth off.
0: Yeah, Uh, but we'll be on next week. Okay, on the on on the fifth, you want to do a show on the fifth, or you want to make it a long weekend?
2: No, we're working this
0: out on the air, folks.
2: Yeah, well, and I tell you what, Roger, you and I will talk about it because the truth is, you you probably need some time off. I don't necessarily like needed the time off, but we'll talk about. it. We may take that day also. But uh, this is
0: probably a subject (laughs) that's on a lot of people's minds as they. Oh, out, sure. Well, am I going to take that vacation day on Friday or not? Yeah, night,
2: you know? no doubt about it. No doubt. Okay.
0: so, so Send um, me that number again if you would, man. Okay, all right, button. I'll
2: punch it in there for you. Yeah, I wanted to get Rick on, Rick Cleveland, because um, he's a friend, and I hadn't talked to Rick in forever. Way too long. I know that he went to uh, Omaha, Nebraska, covered the uh, College World Series, and he recently wrote some stuff about Jake Mangum. And, I just want to get his thoughts. Rick has a unique perspective because he's, yeah, he's been – I'm not calling him old, but he's been covering sports in Mississippi for a long time.
0: The uh, dean of sports journalist.
2: That's it. Yeah, kind of the dean. And we might have to circle back around to this uh, because, let's see, here on Twitter, Roger, Stephen Ward, who's one of the editors over at the Clarion Ledger, Sent this, and he says, "Hey Matt, do you and Roger have a favorite?" And it's a link they had. It says, "What do you think? What is your favorite movie from the '90s?" Now, that to me seems like a subject, Roger. That if we're not careful, you and I could just go way on down the tunnel. On. <laughs> yeah, have to look back and see what what was shaking in the '90s. In the night, I know. Isn't that crazy? Like we lived through it, but we may it's need some busy
0: time. <laughs> <you know.
2: laughs> We may, 90s, we're
0: roaring. I don't know if anybody
2: remembers <laughs> all that peace and prosperity. Oh, boy. Yeah, we, we may need something to jog our memory Um, on some of that. I mean, look, the first the half. high-waisted
0: jeans, the pastel colors.
2: You're, you're yeah. like 10 years older than me, Roger. Look, yeah. the first half of the 90s for me was high school. The second half of the 90s was college. Mine was post, mine was post- Mm-hmm. Yeah, those 10 years where my right. get out of get out of uh, college and go get a job years. It was during some of the best and worst days of your life, depending on what the context is. If you are like Roger, I guarantee you if we were talking about it, that that newly found adulthood freedom that you experience when you're fresh out of school in your twenties, in your mid twenties. And, man, you want to go play golf for four hours? Go. Nothing to hold you back. Do it. Total freedom. You want to stay up late on a weekend? Go. (laughs) Now, I know a lot of people do that in college. Not everybody did. But, you know, you're flexible. Your body doesn't hurt. Your metabolism is still going. When you're 26 years old, man, it's the way it was for me, you can wake up one day and decide, "Uh, you know, for the next month, I'm going to get ripped. I'm gonna have every muscle, every ab in my body popping for the beach. <laughs> and I'm gonna show off for the women. When you're that age, you can just do it. So, in some ways, it's the best time of your life. In other ways. Is that how you did it, Matt? It is. Is that how you look, landed the homecoming queen? No, look, it's at these, not. look at these abs, baby. She's the one who used to say, put your shirt on, you look stupid. But (laughs) that was just because she didn't want anybody else looking at me. Oh, yeah. No, the truth about it is, Roger, you know, i was a college athlete, played ball in great shape, have to be, obviously. I was in better shape at 28, um, four years out of school, than I ever was when I was in college because I um, I had more time. I just worked out all the time. And your body will respond to that. Now – it's over. Oh, you will respond all right. He'll respond. Yeah. And, yeah, tell me what that hospital bill looks like after a month of working out at 42 years old. Let I went just, whitewater rafting last week one
0: time down the, you know, whatever, whatever that course was. And I had to row I don't know how many
2: times. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> but I'm still sore <laughs> it's still, from rowing. He's still sore from rowing a canoe. I'm telling you, Roger, that's, he, I mean, that's the way it is for all of us. Let me just tell you. All this stuff that's out there about, hey, you're forty something years old, but go out and jog every day and lift weights and you'll lose weight and you can have a six pack at sixty five. You know what it all is? BS. That's what all of it is. It's all no eating. That's it. That's how you get the that's how you get the abs. <laughs> that's it. Okay, so earlier Roger referred to him as the Dean of Sports Writers in the state of Mississippi. I think that's true. And even at one point got the nickname the governor. I don't know how or where that came from. Maybe he can tell us. His name is Rick Cleveland. Y'all know him. He's on the Divinity Equipment phone right now on the show. Hey, Rick, do they still call you the hey, governor?
3: Yeah, a lot of times. I'm, I know exactly where it came from. But, uh, uh, I don't know why, but I, I know exactly where it came from. It was uh, maybe 12, 15 years ago, um, Kyle Vesey okay. on Twitter started calling me the governor, and it just kind of. It uh, just it kind of picked up.
2: <laughs> How about There's that? worse
3: things to be called. I've oh, been sure. called way worse things.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's the case. Um, you know the governor. So Kyle, you know VZ started a lot of things. He's the reason I got a Twitter account back in 2009. He uh, V Z had a Twitter account in like 2007. And I remember him talking about it was going to be the next big thing, and you should go ahead and do it. And I kept thinking, this is so stupid. Twitter, think about the, it's dumb. Well, and now look at us. He, he was same
3: thing, same thing with me, Matt. He started he in the press box at Scott Field. As a matter of fact, it got me started on
2: Twitter. How about that? <clears throat> That's a someday we'll look back at that, and it'll be like the first time we got a telephone. You know, for the, for yeah. the generation ahead of us, um,
3: I'm not sure whether to thank him or kill him. <laughs> same
2: way, <laughs> same way. Rick Cleveland on your radio. So, Rick, um, how was Omaha this year?
3: It was uh, shorter than I expected. To be honest with you, I, I really thought uh, I really thought that Mississippi State had a uh, the best chance since '85 to win it all. Uh, unfortunately, I had Vanderbilt on the same side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I had, you know, I had seen them in the Super Regional the year before at, at Nashville. Uh, not nearly as good a Mississippi State team. Take two out of three mm-hmm. uh, from Vandy, and I, I, you know, I just thought they had a shot. In baseball, you always got a shot. You got to play your best at the right time. And Frank, you know, frankly, they didn't do
2: it. Yeah, that's that's right. Didn't really play their best, and you just got to have a little luck. And I thought it was unlucky that, you know, they would have been better off playing Vanderbilt in the first game in Omaha and get to face the other guy, as opposed to catch him in the second game when you got to face Kumar Rocker, who was the best pitcher in the country the last month of the season. You know, that was a little bit of a bad draw there. Yeah, it
3: was a very unfortunate. Rocker's. Uh... Or he may be baseball's next big thing.
2: Yeah. He's, he's really special. Mm-hmm. Really is. All right. So speaking of special, I texted you to see if you could come on just because of you know the conversation about Jake Mangum, and I know that that's a subject that you've covered, you've written about him. If you're listening, look at Rick's Twitter feed, the aforementioned Rick underscore Cleveland on Twitter. You can find a the link there. But how do you? How do we start the conversation? in trying to summarize or, or even, you know, I don't know, comprehend the legacy of Jake Mangum? And, like, for you, what is the legacy of Jake Mangum?
3: Well, the first thing about him is he's different. He's different than than any uh, athlete that I have covered on a regular basis. Hmm. Uh in, in my career, I mean, we had the Archie phenomenon at Ole Miss. That was a little, little bit before my time. Uh, but Jake's, you know, he's, he's one of those one word guys. Uh, you, you just say Jake and everybody knows who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And what he, the things that made him different are not all what you see on the field, uh, which is what I wrote about yesterday about, And, you know, I knew some of this, man. I knew he was playing for next to nothing. Mm. At least this last year, I didn't know he played for nothing the last two years. I mean, I didn't know he didn't have a... He he wasn't getting any scholarship money at all the last two years at State. Uh, You know, I knew he had turned down money to come back last year, but I didn't know that in the early rounds they offered him $300,000. They called him before you know, their time to pick. He said, look, we'll offer you $300,000. Will you take it if we draft you? And he said, no. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's a guy that's paying his way or his family's paying his way uh, so he can play baseball at Mississippi State, and yet he's turning down $300,000, which in the end result cost him $280,000 in bonus money because he only got... 20000 after his senior
2: year. Yeah. When I saw those numbers. It's crazy. It it is crazy. When I saw those numbers, Rick, I thought, you know, I wonder as much as I like seeing somebody, you know, stay and come back and play their last year, and you like seeing teams with seniors on it. When I saw that, I wondered if that's not going to be a huge warning sign to future stuff like that, to future – uh, sophomores and juniors, draft eligible sophomores. That hey man, y- you know if it's if it's six digits, you better take it. Well, there's
3: there's been so many warning signs in the past. I mean, he knew he knew the score, uh, but he's a unique situation. You know, his yeah. dad played what 11, 12 years in the NFL, did well, great player by the way. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's very done very well uh, after. Football as a financial advisor, and uh, it's a great family, and it's just—it's really neat in 2019 to see somebody that has those kind of values, uh, that that understood how much playing his senior year of college baseball would mean to him and it was worth the financial sacrifice to do it yeah uh, you know we're saying uh, with uh, archie's kids both of them uh could have gone out early for a whole bunch of money and both came back to play their senior year but again it's in a family where it's a different situation right. it's, it's a whole you know that the family's got plenty of money but but still it's to be admired and uh There's so much to, you know, you and I have had this conversation before. There's so much to admire about that that guy Mangum, about the the way he plays the game, uh, the the, uh, teammate that he is, uh, Mm -hmm. the spokesman. He's been the face of the Mississippi State program for at least three years, maybe four.
2: Mm -hmm. That's right. Rick Cleveland on your radio right now. Yeah, Rick – You know, in the grand scheme, this is kind of trivial, but it's still a neat thing for fans to talk about, and it's come up on this show. I just wonder how you would weigh in on the idea that there ought to be a Jake Mangum statue at the baseball field at State. What do you think? What do you argue? What would you argue in that debate?
3: Well, my my first reaction is that someday there will be. Okay. Um... you know, I I don't know. It's 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 really fast to to do something like that, but sure. but you know it's going to happen sooner or later. I'll, I'll say that, but you know it's going to happen sooner or later. And what he spent over his four years, uh, if they decide to do it, I certainly wouldn't be a dissenting opinion. Uh, mm. But if they waited ten years, I wouldn't be either. Yeah. So mm. that's that. I guess that's the way I believe that's that's for the people that. At, at mississippi state to decide sure um uh you know something else that made makes him you know at one time at state you had the two where well, you got the two statues now palmera and clark and but you had them at the same time um uh, mm-hmm. on the same team jake jake's been the one constant for four years at state uh he's been one guy and he and he, he gets it. He gets the media thing. He gets he gets the fan thing. I've seen him sign autographs two hours after a game. Uh, he gets he gets everything about the college baseball experience. Yeah,
2: that's a lot like Dak. You know what I mean yeah. in terms of the fan thing.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know we've had each each school in Mississippi has had their people like that. You had Dak and Jake at, at, at State. You had Archie and, and Eli and some others at Old Miss. You had you had Brett, uh, Reggie Collier, who were like that, at, at USM. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, uh, they're
3: few and far between.
2: Yeah. No doubt. No doubt about it. Rick Cleveland on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't. Rick underscore Cleveland. Uh, on Twitter, and you can find some links. He did some, wrote some really cool stuff uh, about Jake Mangum. So, um, you've seen a lot of athletes come and go and some special ones over the years at all these different schools in Mississippi, uh, Rick. Hard to replace a guy like that, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah, you don't, you, you just don't right away. You don't. There's not going to be another Jake Mangum that pops up next season for Mississippi State Baseball. Uh, you, uh, you hope over, over time you're lucky enough to have another one and, and surely state will, uh, you know, with the facilities and the fan support that, uh, Mississippi State Baseball has, they'll certainly have a, a chance to try to pick the next Jake Mangum. I mean, they, it's hard to beat them. In, in recruiting right now, that's that's for sure. Uh, but it's so much special about him, you know. I'm, I, I think often Matt, about the fact that he's just come along. Um, his style of play just doesn't doesn't fit the big leagues right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I hope he can be a trendsetter where where, where the cycle goes the different way. Uh, you know, now in baseball, Major League Baseball, it's all about home run. It's it's either home run or strikeout. They don't even put the ball in play half the time now. Yeah,
2: that's right.
3: Uh, it's, it's just it's a crazy sport. And uh, but you know, you need, in my opinion, if you get a chance to get somebody who will set the table, run the bases, catch everything. Uh, at center field and has a terrific arm to boot and is a great teammate and a great clubhouse guy. I, I, I think there's got to be some value there
2: to it. That's it. And, you know, and to be interesting to see just kind of how he, how fast he can elevate through their system. Rick, uh, really appreciate some time. It's good to catch up with you. It's been too long and that's my fault, but I thank you for coming on with me on short notice. It's good to talk to you. Well, uh, I always enjoy talking to you, Matt. Take care. You too. You too. That's Rick Cleveland. Y'all follow him on Twitter, Rick underscore Cleveland. You know, um, and that's a tough question. It came up on the Dogpile podcast that Brett Hudson and I do. You know, what's the legacy of that team? And I think I said 10 years from now, when people talk about that team, they'll they'll describe it as, that was Jake's last year. That was Jake's senior year. It'll be the team forever known as, that was Jake's senior year. Mangum's last year. Yeah. That's how they'll benchmark it It is based on him. Think about that. Good stuff. I'll get your tweets and your texts, Louvier and Jason and Bill and Kevin and everybody, and I'll get your phone calls coming up also. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. are listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
0: Ooh, what
2: up there? A big one, all right. Lots of people enjoyed the Rick Cleveland interview. There was a couple of comments, questions I, I didn't get around to delivering those to Rick, but pretty much covered it. Kevin had a question on my Twitter feed. I'm Radio Wyatt. He said, who's more influential, popular in terms of a Mississippi State player? Is it Dak or Jake? It is a fun question, and while State is sort of a baseball school, I, I think still it's Dak because football is king, and that's just kind of the way that is, but It's pretty all gone close, isn't it? And I may be wrong, for all I know. You know, who had the biggest impact? I still probably would say Dak, just because, you know, football, you're talking about 60,000 people at games versus 10, and the stage is a little different across, you know, um, from a national scope for college football as opposed to college baseball. Um, But but locally, there's no difference. Bill, thanks for your tweet. He said, great interview with The Gov, but I can't get over that uh, if his parents weren't well enough off, we wouldn't have had Jake. How many Jakes do we miss out on? Oh, a bunch. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, I mean, if you don't have a financial situation that allows you to do it, how are you going to pay for school? Right? And it's one advantage that some schools like Vanderbilt have. They're giving out more scholarships because of the privacy thing. So... That's just one less recruiting hurdle you have to overcome. Plenty of. If we want you, we give you a scholarship, period. You want a scholarship? You get one. You get one. Not every school can do that. So yeah, it's a it's a significant thing. No doubt. And on the text line, Louvier said, Rick Cleveland is the best sports guy in Mississippi since Michael Rubenstein. And you can tell him that Louvier said it signed, Go Saints. Appreciate it, Louvier. Thanks for the text. Now, if you want to text the show, you can. 885-ESPN or eight eight five three seven seven six, And you can call me on the Divini Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., they've been doing it better longer than anyone. Jay is hanging on in Baltimore. Hey, Jay, did you get a chance to listen in to conversation with rick yeah i
1: sure did and uh i had the countdown clock to the 2020 baseball season at 232 days before we get to talk baseball again but you go and put out a great podcast with brett and then you bring (laughs) on the legend rick cleveland so a big thank you from all us baseball lovers So in my opinion 2020 is going to come with some huge expectations with the talented junior class returning and really anything less than a trip to, to Omaha, I think, is gonna be seen as a failure. So I, I definitely have some comments and questions from both the podcast and Rick, but let me just start by saying I'm really surprised about the Gunnar Halter news. Mm. Um, you know, I'd never question a kid wanting to transfer if he's not getting playing time, but but he's got a clear path to a starting position next year. You know, I, I just don't see the reasoning behind going to another team, trying to acclimate the you know, a new environment, new coaches, when the opportunities right at his fingertips. What are your thoughts on Gunner yeah. going to the transfer poll?
2: Well, you know, when when you don't know for sure those details, a lot of times what you do is you start thinking about scenarios that could justify it in your head, right? They could be hypothetical, but you don't know. I do the same thing. And so Jay, here's one thought. In terms of tools, you know, we talk about a four-tool player, five-tool player, and these different tools and how they project in pro ball. In terms of his most uh, elite tool, for Gunnar Halter, it's not his speed, it's not fielding, and it's not his bat. It's the strength of his arm. He's Yeah, he's the son of a former major leaguer, but Gunnar has this, he does have an incredible arm and he's shown it off at times. Didn't get a ton of opportunities this year, but I believe the history on Gunner is that that arm strength, it's it's live. And like when he's been on the mound at different times, he's never apparently been a polished pitcher. He's not been a guy who dedicated himself to being a pitcher, but he had this really strong arm could zip it up there way up mid-90s, okay? And so had actually I, I had somebody tell me that he actually had been drafted at one point uh, very young as a pitcher, even though that's not really what he wanted to do. So one theory I have, please understand I'm not saying this is the case because I don't know this for sure, but I couldn't help but think, look, he's got one year left, and he's if he wants to transition and, and go be a pitcher to just kind of capitalize on that, this could have been a year when maybe he thought or realized, look, I, I'm not going to be the kind of hitter that gets drafted as a hitter. If I get to play pro ball, to be pitching, I got to find somewhere to pitch. And frankly, state's not the kind of program where you just say, well, I want to pitch. Not this year, anyway. And and so I, I could see a scenario where everybody around him advising him and him as well go, okay, we we got to go be a pitcher, and we got to just take that route, and that means we're going to have to go somewhere else to do it. Yeah, that
1: is kind of interesting. Given the, the, what we need is some pitching next year. Uh, personally, again, I listen to the podcast, and I, I don't believe Raleigh Stealth is the answer to replace smaller Palmly in the in the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. I think we need Riley Stealth to be a better version of himself, and that's that middle reliever maybe come in and do the double play, uh, mm-hmm. eat up some middle uh, middle the uh, middle innings. But um,
2: best case scenario yeah, is Eric guns, so. That's best case scenario oh, is, is if Sarantola – were to go from freshman to sophomore and make some kind of big jump, um, a lot of times with those pitchers like that, it'll be year two to year three. But if yeah. if if a million ifs, ifs and buts were candy and nuts, that whole you know deal. <laughs> but if he were to make some big jump, first year to second year, he's the one with the talent and the ability at to like yeah. be through the roof.
1: If we're successful next year, sarantola has got to have, have a have a good um, year. Hey, I'll leave you with this uh, last question. Um, expectation, obviously, every year is the continued dominance of that rival up north. Uh, projections for Ole Miss. Just take a listen to who they're losing: Gray Kessinger, Ryan Olenek, Cole Zabowski, Thomas Diller, Parker Caracy, Will Etheridge. They're all gone. Yeah. Uh, what do you think their chances are, and uh, how do you replace?
2: A lineup like that, yeah, yeah. they they—that's going to be a a lot of turnover. You know, State's got a lot of turnover, but Ole Miss gonna have more. Um, I yeah. I think Jay that it should be a a little bit of a transition year for them. But here's the thing about it. I mean, the anchor of their team, Nacasi, this left-handed guy that at the end of this year is a freshman. Nobody could hit him, sort of thing. And yeah, he's going to be the anchor of their team. And they they are a program that does recruit at a high level. Um it's not it's not like they don't have highly sought after players that they're about to run out on the field. And so then it's just a matter of you know, the the whole makeup of the team and that kind of thing. I, I think that they probably will take a step back. I think you could see a year next year where State and Ole Miss both on on a diamond are they're not gonna be fifty win teams, but either one or both could be one of those teams where they're trying to figure it out for the first half of the year and the early part of the SEC, but get hot and figure it out towards the end. You know, um State has a lot less to replace just in terms of actually on paper than Ole Miss does though.
1: I appreciate it, Matt. Don't let us wait 232 more days to talk more baseball. <laughs> All right. Go dog.
2: Yeah, you too, Jay. Thanks, man. Appreciate you calling. No, I won't be that long. It's kind of a year-round thing around here. I saw where Peter Burns of the SEC Network was debating this on his uh, radio show and then put it on Twitter, asking fans, who do you consider in the SEC to be baseball schools? And what he came away with was Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. Said LSU and Ole Miss have the huge baseball fan bases really care about it, but certainly football there is, you know, historically more significant and and still maybe even more, um, fan base. You know, those fan bases still live and die off those. Said he felt like Vandy State and Arkansas were baseball schools. What do you think about that? I thought it was interesting. Hey, football next headlines and a countdown to get to, right around the corner. I'm Matt with you on a Friday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. You're
1: listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
2: Bureau, the home team, go with the home team. Coming up in a little while, in hour two, if everything goes according to plan, I'm going to chat with um, Will Salmon. Y'all remember Will? Will Salmon, uh, the former Mississippi State beat writer who moved on to a full-time gig with The Athletic covering Florida. But he's doing a lot of other different things too. He still covers Florida, but he covers a lot of other things too, um, including he he popped out there today, earlier today. On that site, the Athletic. Now you do have to have a subscription. Um, the Athletic. He covered uh, Mississippi State. He has a, a full, like, kind of in-depth. 2019 season preview of Mississippi State, including an interview with Joe Moorhead. Excuse me, I had to clear my throat there. With uh, Joe Moorhead, and he wrote about the uh, uh, quarterback situation at State. Everything. It was really good. I read through it. And we're going to talk with Will a little bit about what he uncovered or discovered and all that good stuff. Also, later in the show, a couple countdown teams. We're continuing the countdown of 100 teams leading up to August the 31st, the start of the college football season for everybody. There are a lot of teams who will play the week before, but pretty much everybody kick it off on the 31st. And so today is day number 64. So we are 64 days from August 31st. So we have team number 64, but we'll also do team number 63. For tomorrow, and then catch back up uh, with 62, 61 on Monday. So the countdown continues. That's all coming up as well. And in a minute, I got some college football headlines. We're just going to run through them. This will be something that we'll do throughout the year. It's just it may not be local, but anything on the college football radar that that you might find interesting. Hey, uh, quickly a reminder: you can text or call. Let me hear your voice today. Jay called us from Baltimore on the. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison Ann and in Jackson. 995-1059. That is the phone number. Give me a shout. 601-995-1059. Also, text the show. 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. And you can tweet me at Radio Wyatt. Let me get to some of that right now. Fluffy Bottoms. On the text line. Interesting point here. He said, this is actually would be really fun to do one day in July. Picking the most influential player at other schools in the SEC could be fun also. He said, I'll start with Shaquille O'Neal at LSU. He completely earned his statue. I like it. Um, how about this? If your name happened to be Peter Burns, would you just change it to Pete? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he's taken some ribbing over the years, but he's a great guy. Doesn't, doesn't worry about it. Bigglesworth on the all-name team Texas the show and says, "Who boy, Jay from Baltimore sure did a lot to squash the thought line that state people are obsessed with Ole Miss. I don't get it. Uh, and then Jay texts back in and says, Thanks for the time again today. Always great getting on the air to discuss Bulldog baseball. So there you go. How about this? On Twitter... Yeah, I had Rick Cleveland on. If you want to find a link over to thezone1059.com, it's on my Twitter feed. I'm Radio Wyatt. And when that posted, the Rick Cleveland interview, Cowbell Joe uh, tweeted at me and said, never knew you interviewed Ole Miss fans on the show. Yeah, sure did. Never knew you interviewed Ole Miss fans on the show. And that's after a tweet from interviewing Rick Cleveland, who... Two things, Cowbell Joe. Maybe you're listening. I don't know if you are. Uh, Two things. One, Rick went to Omaha and covered the College World Series this year because Mississippi State was there. Isn't that funny? Number two, he doesn't cover any particular team. He covers all of them. So, number three, it's that same old... I don't know what you call it. That same old like uh, inferiority complex uh, mindset of anybody who's not for you is an Ole Miss fan, or anybody who's not for you is a state fan, depending on what your school is. It's kind of a pitiful outlook, if you ask me. But even Never more,
0: did anybody call. <laughs> for Rick Cleveland at Ole Miss.
2: Miss. Yeah, I know. Is that what
0: he's? Is that what he's saying? That's what
2: he's saying. He's saying that he's saying Rick Cleveland's an Ole Miss fan. Isn't that something? And uh, the only thing that's really more pitiful than that is getting on social media sites and using assumed names. Like he's Cowbell Joe, and his handle is at SBC Mortgage Man. Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah, it's that's pitiful. I, I, I shouldn't even read stuff from people who don't use their real name uh somebody named uh, banana John bench maybe his name's John bench I got to give him credit we don't know though but it says banana John bench responds and says he does meaning I do interview old Miss fans says Neil McCready was on there a few weeks ago and see that's the other way that stuff gets fouled up is because the fact is Neil hasn't been on this show since probably basketball season uh, we didn't talk to Neil during baseball we talked to chase parham uh on here but it's it wasn't a few weeks ago it was more like about I don't know, what, about 25, 30 weeks ago? <laughs> so that's Twitter for you. <clears throat> College football headlines. How's this sound to you right here? Y'all like this? woo I guess the old juice flowing, huh? That's from back in the day. The ESPN college football jingle from back in the day. Listen to this story. Uh, Louisville University of Louisville quality control assistant coach Courtney Braswell has been indicted on a theft charge in Tennessee, where he used to work as a high school football coach. What he steal? Well, the theft was over $1,000, it says. He, let's see. Grand um, The Tennessee Comptroller's office. How do you say that? Do you say Comptroller? How do you say Comptroller?
0: I think you said it right.
2: Okay. That's it's just a always a T. weird word to me.
0: And the T, B and the T.
2: So the Tennessee Comptroller's office says Braswell was coaching Central High School in Harrison, Tennessee in 2016 and 17 when two semi-pro football teams – Paid to use the school's field for their home games. Investigators say Braswell pocketed at least $2,480 rather than turning it over to the school. So that's theft. They got him. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? I mean, you're the qu- you're a quality control ass- assistant coach and you pop for theft. Um, another uh, headline, it's official. Uh, Big East has taken on UConn. They made the announcement. So no more UConn football in the AAC. It'll be either Army, BYU, if you're asking me. And then one other headline that popped up in the college football world. Roger, I wonder if you saw this. President Trump has signed a presidential memorandum ordering the Pentagon to develop a new policy to allow athletes attending the nation's military academies to play professional sports immediately after graduating.
0: Deferring their service? Yes. I think that's fair, you know, unless we're in a wartime thing.
2: Wartime's different, and I think even the athletes themselves would tell you that. Um, But the memo says student athletes graduating from the academies, so we're talking Army, Navy, Air Force, and Reserve Officers Training Corps should be able to defer their military service obligations due to the, quote, short window of time they have to take advantage of their athletic talents, during which playing professional sports is realistically possible.
0: So they it, must think they're losing some recruits yeah. there.
2: Yeah. It gives the defense secretary 120 days to develop a plan. I like it. You know, you think about... Um, who was the guy that played for the Spurs that went to Navy? The big seven-footer who was awesome in the NBA, uh, David Robinson. You know what? How many years did he miss at the beginning of his basketball career? Think about that. Now, how I,
0: many how many pros though are going to come back?
2: Yeah, well, it's a good point.
0: Maybe a lot. <laughs> Not many. I mean, can you imagine? You, you say you really did well. Maybe yeah. you That make it gives a basketball team going there, but you yeah. got to go back after making millions of dollars and go through basic
2: or yeah. whatever. Hey, uh, Jay Clay, real quick before I run out of time on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Jay?
1: Hey, two two things to go back to. uh Rick Cleveland's a Southern Miss graduate, so whoever called him an old Miss homer,
2: yes. I don't really get. They're uh, idiots, man. There's the so many idiots is, on uh, Twitter. David,
1: yeah. David Robinson missed two years of his professional career after he got through.
2: Mm-hmm. So he got through it in Navy, and those first two years out of school, he served right in the Navy. That that's when it was.
1: Yeah, but I think yeah, he he served. I I, I think he had already gotten through with basic and A, whatever LT had to do. Okay. Through college, but okay. I, if I'm not mistaken, after he got through with his enlisted time, he missed two years to active duty. Yeah. You'd have to Google it and read it, but I'm pretty positive that he meant like after he graduated, he. He served two years in okay. the
2: NBA. Clay, thank you, man. Appreciate so
1: Rick, it. Take it easy.
2: Take it easy. Yeah, Rick Cleveland graduated from Southern Miss. These people on Twitter calling him an old Miss fan. A lot of mental midgets out there operating under assumed names on social media. Watch out for those. Hour two coming up. Stick around.